Good morning as we gather on this Wednesday in the second week, this beautiful season of Lent. Boy, this passage from Matthew's Gospel today, towards the end of his Gospel, 20th chapter, is so packed full of study of human nature and lessons that can be applied. We have lessons in leadership, love of a parent, rivalry among team members, anticipating the future. Let's see if we can examine just a few. This is the, probably the, the most detailed uh, prediction our, fo- our Lord gives his followers on their way to Jerusalem for the final time. We can imagine just in the sequence of the gospel, the, the gospels are not laid out in detailed chronology, we know that, but there are some logical sequences of events that we can try to plot into a three-year span of time. So this is probably in the third year of our Savior's public ministry on the way south from Caesarea, from way up north, or on the way south now. And he gives them this detailed prediction that he will be arrested, that he will be handed over by the scribes and Pharisees, that he will be scourged, that he will be killed, and that he will rise. He's, he's telling them some things in advance, and as a good leader, that's one of the first applications we can take from this, as a good leader, knowing the organization is about to experience some tumult, some difficulties, he's, he's telling them in advance, this is generally what's going to happen. So he's setting expectations for those who are in his immediate company, these dedicated followers who've been with him now these years. Then we're told the story of the mother of James and John asking our Lord for preference for her two sons. Now, a couple of things we can look at that. First of all, this is the mother of James and John, <clears throat> the wife of Zebedee, who three years earlier, Zebedee had to go home to her. Remember that encounter along the seashore where our Lord appears to Andrew and Peter and then James and John says, follow me. And James and John did, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat. We can imagine that afternoon or evening, Zebedee had to go home and say, sweetheart, the sons of ours, they just left. And uh, they just gave up the family business. So I don't know about our retirement, how that's going to work out. A conversation like that could have happened. This is real life. Their two adult sons have gone to follow this man that just showed up. It's three years later. She's aware of the workings of the Messiah. She's been with him as well in many of these miraculous events. The feeding of the 5,000 happened not too far from their home. So it's quite possible that this dear mother has seen and witnessed the works of the Messiah, and she also believes who he is. She knows that, and that's why she asks, as any mother would, can my sons find advancement in your kingdom? Can they sit in a seat of primacy in your kingdom? What mother would not ask that for their child? Of course she did that. That's natural. But our Lord then turns that into a teaching moment for all of us, and he asks the two, can you drink this cup? Do you know what you are seeking? And they say, oh, we can. We can. Some of us in our walk in faith do that as well. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, I can do it. And then the reality hits us. Well, ooh, I'm not sure what I signed up for here. That's hard. I have to be publicly Catholic or I have to stand in the faith in the face of rejection by family members or by community. That's hard. And I can drink this cup and then we're presented with it and it turns to be more of a burden and a challenge than we thought. And he's telling us that today. I don't know that you can drink this cup. We'll see. I don't know that you can drink this cup. We'll see. Then the final teaching point for this morning, this notion of service. 
And he reminds us that. He says, The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. And isn't that amazing? The creator of all things, visible and invisible, he that breathes life, ruah, breathes life into all of our being so that we exist in according with his plan for the human family, in accordance with that plan. He says, I've come to serve, not to be served. I've come as the king, as the creator of all, to bend my knee in service to you. That's what he's done, and we're, we are to model that, model our lives after that example, that great example. We have, as I mentioned at the start of the Mass, the day we recognize Catherine Drexel. She was one who understood service. She does this in a human way. She's certainly not a deity. She, she is sainted, but not a deity. And Catherine, born into considerable wealth in 1855, 1858 rather, 1858, born into wealth. Early on, uh, she's taught philanthropy. Her biological mother dies when she's only five weeks of age. And her, her father remarries soon thereafter, a couple years later. And then her, her uh, stepmom uh, is equally kind in the out, outworking of their faith. She grows up in a family formed in the faith. Her parents were very purposefully Catholic in all that they did. They had family faith formation in a very profound way. And they would do a great deal to help the indigent and those in need in the community. They, they actually turned a part of their very spacious home into a mission itself, providing goods and, and, and means to people who needed them. She's inspired as a young age to seek a life and vocation. And so because of their family's uh, notoriety, she somehow gains access to a private audience with Pope Leo XIII and asks to enter into a postulancy. But she forms her own community along with 13 other women. They're known as Sisters of the Blessed Sacrament. That community stands up, and because of her family's wealth, they're able to secure housing. And they go on in a very devout way to care for the needs of those less fortunate, both in the African-American and Native American community. And Catherine, keeping that name, Catherine Drexel, uh, then goes on in a very prolific way to found various missions and schools. As I mentioned, she founds 145 missions and 62 schools to the African-American and Aboriginal or Native American peoples in the United States, and does so with, with great acclaim and with, with great excellence. So, Here's a woman, just like us, imperfect in her being, her own, her own state of imperfection and sin, but seeking out after our Lord. And she sought to serve in a way that at the time, in the, remember, towards the end of the 19th century, early 20th century, she's in an elevated position in society by her wealth, and yet she, she walks away from that. In fact, when she announced her entry into the postulancy, there were headlines in the major newspapers noting this, that this great daughter of an industrialist had walked away from all of that life to become Catholic religious. It was in some ways a bit scandalous. Well, we're called to live in service as well. And so we can take from today's gospel, first of all, lessons in leadership in our own lives. When difficult ways are ahead of us or difficult times, it's good to try to prepare people in setting expectations. Secondly, it's natural for a mother or father to want the best for their child. That's natural. So we needn't look at the wife of Zebedee with, with a turned eye. No, we, we, we acknowledge a mother's love for her children. 
And our Lord's question, can you bear this cup? Can you? Most of us rise each day enthusiastic in the faith and retire each day reminded of how humble we actually are. And then lastly, it's in that humility that we, we do get up each day and seek out ways to serve. Catherine Drexel, pray for us.